Welcome to this Halloween special from Neozaz.com, Matt's crummy Halloween comics collection, part of our 2020 Halloween celebration. I am Matt, and this is the show where I take a closer look at one of my comics from my collection of the, some might say, out of the norm collection of comic books. I'd say it's an awesome collection, but that's me. And in this special run of the series, I'll be looking at Halloween or horror-themed titles during this year's Halloween celebration. And in today's episode, that brings me to take a look at Archie vs. Predator 2, the first issue of that series. If you're familiar with the run of Matt's Crummy Comics Collections, this might ring a bell. I featured the first issue of the original Archie vs. Predator two years ago. It was, in fact, the debut of the original Matt's Crummy Comics Collection recurring series. If you're not familiar with that title or that episode, it's exactly what the title says. A predator, as in the Arnold Schwarzenegger 80s film that later versed aliens twice and returned in many a failed sequels, follows the Archie gang from their island vacation getaway back to Riverdale and pretty much damn near kills everyone. It was a collaboration of Archie and Dark Horse Comics. It was a four-issue run that ran from April to July in 2015. The miniseries appears to have been pretty well received from what I've been reading. It was the best-selling comic title for both Archie and Dark Horse in April 2015. and holds a pretty high ranking on comic book review sites, currently holding a 8.3 out of 10 rating on comicbookroundup.com. But more importantly to me and to the seasonal return of the series, I absolutely loved it. It was not what I was expecting. I was not expecting a single drop of blood and forget gore, but it had both and far more than you might imagine if you ever read it. And when the sequel was announced, I knew I was going to buy it, which I did. Now, there is an important word here I used, sequel. It is a direct sequel from the first series of Archie versus Predator. It takes place the moment after the last panel of that original miniseries. So with that, there's a couple things I need to tell you before we start this discussion. And unfortunately, they may be spoilers. There's really no way to do this without spoiling the end of the original Archie versus Predator. So before I do that, I'm going to play six seconds of elevator music to let you turn this off if you don't want to hear the ending of the original Archie versus Predator miniseries. And that time starts now. Okay, for those of you still with me, here's what you need to know. The Predator and the first Archie vs. Predator eventually falls in love with both Betty and Veronica to an extent. And that extent is he'd do just about anything to protect them, including killing everyone else close to them, including Archie. That's right. Archie dies in the original Archie vs. Predator. Archie didn't go down without a fight, though. The finale was in Veronica's father's mansion, which included his healing and enhancement machine. Having an earlier tussle with the Predator, Betty and Veronica put Archie in the machine to bulk him up, like way up. Ultimately, the Predator kills Archie, but also damn near kills Veronica in the process. At the climax of this battle, the Predator shows his undying devotion to both Betty and Veronica before he collapses. Still in the mansion, Betty manages to bring Veronica to the healing machine and heals her completely. As Veronica wakes up from the process, she sees Betty is still working with that healing and enhancing machine, having now found 
the appearance reconstruction setting, and the predator that devoted himself to both Betty and Veronica is now having his appearance reconstructed into looking 100% exactly like Archie. And that is where Archie versus Predator ends and where Archie versus Predator 2 picks up. The important thing to remember here as we start is that the Archie I'll be speaking about is actually the Predator. So, let's start with the cover. So, right off the bat, uh, the first thing you're going to notice between these two series is that the cover for 2, Archie vs. Predator 2, looks way more mature than the first one. That seems like a weird word. That's the best word I can find. When you see an Archie cover, or even the characters in Archie, they're very cherub-faced, happy. It, it's, it conjures up it being a children's comic. And that's not necessarily always the case, especially in these, these special runs like this. But that's what the imagery makes me think. And that's how the first set of covers was for the first miniseries. The second one, it couldn't be really any further from Archie at all. It's it's more like it, the the Archie, Veronica, and Betty are at the bottom of the cover, and they seem to be based off of some sort of of models for this. They're 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 very more human looking than the normal Archie type of character uh, design. Then that is that's they're small on these I'd say the lower third of the cover. Then in the middle ish, the second third of the cover, working from the bottom, you have the predator mid scream, and this this is on point. This was it has to have been photo referenced. It is so detailed. If not, then the art the the artist of this this uh, cover has an incredible uh, memory and imagination for the predator. And flanking him on either sides, there's two predators on either side of his head. Kind of uh, I guess hearkening in the distance in full armor with their masks and their eyes lit red. Then above that, which would be the top of the page is where you would normally, uh, I suppose, start this description, but the Archie characters catch my eyes. So uh, being so different that it says Archie versus predator too. And the Archie title is that rounded soft Archie that you'd expect from an Archie comic. And then predator is the hard, sharp edged kind of um, disintegrating font almost. And then the two follows the Predator font, but the Archie color scheme, which is solid red body with a yellow outline. Um, oh, one thing I didn't mention about the Archie characters, uh, Veronica has a very large gun of some sort. It has to be a machine gun. It's ridiculously huge, slung over her shoulder, while Betty has a bat with at least 30 nails in it. I can't even count how many nails in it. So... There you go. And then, oh, I should say on top of all this to just give a blood and uh, what feel would you even call it? A, a, dis a disturbing feel behind it. Uh, the background of all this is very rough brush strokes of red, blood red, I should say. A little bit of brown and uh, a little bit of dark brown, a little bit of light brown, a little bit of tan. Very, very... Um, what's the word I want to look for? Very blood referenced, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Definitely not the cover sets from the first series at all. I mean, they really couldn't be any more different. So on the very first page, it is all a credits page. There's not even any bit of the story. We don't even get the issue title. We get the series title that says Archie versus predator two at the top, but we are just presented with the credits solely here. And we have story by Alex DeCampo line art by Robert Heck Coloring by Kelly Fitzpatrick, Editor-in-Chief Victor Gorlick, 
publisher John Goldwater, and main cover by Robert Hack and Kelly Fitzpatrick. So next page, that is where the story starts. And Betty, Veronica, and Predator Archie are walking down the streets of what is basically the ruins of Riverdale. In the middle of the page, we get the issue title, and this issue's title is The Darkness at the End of the Lane. The three are roaming through the streets trying to make it to Memory Lane, and I actually had to look this up to see why that was a thing they were trying to get to, and apparently it's a street in Riverdale that Archie can walk down and meet past versions of himself or walk up and meet future versions of himself, if I'm understanding what I read properly. Betty points out to Veronica that memory lane only works for Archie, and while the predator Archie may look, walk, and act like Archie, he's not Archie. They theorize that it might be possible that when the predator walks down memory lane, he might be sent home. This actually scares the predator. He doesn't want to see any other of his species for some reason. None of this really matters, because they do find memory lane, and it's completely blocked off. And I don't mean just like blocked off by a car or a dumpster or something that's difficult to get around. It is a fully built out concrete wall constructed over the width of memory lane. There is no getting to this road. Veronica goes into a bit of a self-pity diatribe, but then Betty finds Reggie's car. There's no keys. The doors are locked, but Predator Archie smashes open the window and hot wires the car. They start driving, and we see them pass a sign that says, Now leaving Riverdale, America's friendliest town, come back soon. And with that, Betty and Veronica bid a somber adieu to Riverdale. As Veronica continues to drive, she starts to ponder how long anyone's going to remember any of them and not everything that they've done. She poses that question to Betty, but Betty's now sound asleep in the back seat. Veronica takes the car along a wide rounding turn, and as she continues through that turn, it comes across a sign that says, Welcome to Riverdale, the mirth of a nation. Veronica exclaims that she must have taken a wrong turn despite knowing the roads like the back of her hand. She's going to try to take one more road out of town before she wakes Betty, and the predator Archie agrees with this plan. Now we switch to Betty's dream plane. She's in Dilton's workshop basement, and he's working on his Halloween costume, and the most important piece has just arrived. Dilton unpacks the shipping box, and we see it's a Predator helmet. He tries it on, and in a few moments, the eyes light up, it beeps, and the targeting laser sensors activate. Moving on to the next page, we're now on Mars, the planet Mars, and we see one of the Mars rovers sitting silently on the Mars terrain. In the next panel, two predators with their hellhounds inspect the rover. One of the predators motions that it's picked up a signal and they head into their ship. Back in the car, Betty begins to wake up saying she had the weirdest dream. She asks where they are and Veronica answers Riverdale. Betty says that's good, but Veronica corrects her saying it's not. In fact, I'm not sure things could get worse as she motions towards the windshield and we see Archie, Jughead, Dilton, Betty, and Veronica, all alive and well in Halloween costumes. Our Veronica storms out of the car, demanding to know who they are and why they have replaced her and her friends in Riverdale. This alternate Archie protests that they haven't replaced anyone. Dilton steps in, theorizing that this must be the crossroads of the multiverse, and he thinks he's probably the reason this is happening right now. 
Dilton pulls out the Predator helmet saying, I found a way to open the gates into other realities and adds, let me show you as he places the helmet over his head and face. Our Archie, the Predator Archie's eyes fill with utter fear as that mask activates. And then we're led to the final page where we see the Predator ship screaming towards Earth with the crew pinpointing the source of the signal to Riverdale as they make their approach. And the final words printed in this story are to be continued. Okay, so that is the end of the story, but let's take a little bit of a closer look through this before we get to the rating. So first, I'm going to say I am a big fan of the artwork. I, I found it quaint and actually really liked in the first one that it was done in the typical Archie style and the Archie model of the characters because I wasn't expecting that. And I guess I... Even regardless of the cover, that's what I expected to see inside. And there wasn't any real feeling of of disappointment that it wasn't that. I I was ready to see what this was. And this certainly fits the idea of Archie versus Predator more than the first artwork did. I guess what what I'm kind of thinking in a weird way is that the first story was told kind of from the Archie world perspective and that's why everything was drawn in that particular style and this one might be more in the predator world perspective which is i guess for the sake of argument is our ria our our what am i trying our um (laughs) i really didn't think this out when i started this our world because the predator came and invaded our world that's how we got to know him so these characters look more human and less cartoony than the typical Archie style. That was probably the point I was trying to get to from the beginning, but the episode's running a little short. I'll just leave that whole mess in there. Someone's probably bound to get a laugh. I was going to say out of it or at me. But anyway, I mean, that's that's the the artwork alone. Like I guess that's the style of the artwork. The, the detail in the artwork, the Ravage City in the first few pages is fantastic. I mean, the de- no details left unturned. There's windows broken, cars overturned, tires flattened the uh, big scorch marks on the wall blood just about everywhere in every frame if not every frame in fact i'm okay not every frame but definitely every page so far just judging by one issue it's very it's a very dark color range and that's because everything is taking place more or less in real time at night you do have the Betty dream plane, but that's in a basement, so it's dark down there. We do go to Mars, and it, Mars is what you expect. Um, very orange, very uh, rust-colored. It seems to be the primary color of Mars, so no surprise there. Very dark palette, but again, takes place at night, and the entire series is probably much like this. I, I know I've read through this. I can't remember if it's all one linear or not one linear one piece of time i don't think we time jump so i think this all takes place in one night i might be mistaken saying that because it's been a while but I, i do believe that's correct that's certainly the case for this issue so does the first issue of a limited series or of any series do what it really needs to do essentially does it get me does it get me wanting to read the whole series well i already blew that lead and i have read it and it did make me want to read it regardless so to answer the question earnestly yes yes it did i i did want to see what next what was next of the 
alternate reality was a new twist that wasn't in the first one. Well, I guess <laughs> technically this is an alternate reality period in Archie, but on top of that, we have something new going on. So yes, yes, it absolutely made me want to continue the series. So now rating from crummy to classic. Here's the thing. Here's what I'll say. It's a really good read, but you really need to know how the first one ended to even begin to make sense of what's in this issue. So it leads me to a rating I don't think I've ever done before, which is you got to read the first one first. So there's really no point in picking up Archie versus Predator 2 without reading the first one. It's it's not a story that stands on its own. It be, it, it, the Archie, to give a little bit of a spoiler, if you've already hung in this long, it, you probably don't mind. You are explained what the Archie Predator is eventually in the story, but obviously not in this first one. You just heard the entire summary and recap of this issue. That's not explained. So if you pick this up and you got another month for that explanation to possibly come, that that you're not even aware it's an explanation uh, or want to know why this this character, why this Archie is is what he is, you might not care at at that point. So it's very strange. But that's saying that as a rating of you need to read the first one first. Now, I guess I could add a second rating where uh, that says, if you read the first one first, then the rating would be, we're on a good start. That's my rating. It's a good start to a sequel story. The fact that it's continuing the original story rather than, uh-oh, here we go again type story. I think that's a good start. I think that's the best way to approach this. I, I don't think you can reset the timeline and have everyone suddenly remember and alive again and remember what happened. That would be a way more difficult story to tell. Picking up exactly where they left off, I think was the right move. So in that regards, I will give it that rating of it's a good start. So that entire rating scale was probably confusing. It was confusing to try to come up with right on the fly here, but that does lead us to the end of this episode and I do hope you enjoyed it. This is just one small part of a much larger Halloween celebration from neozaz.com for the year 2020. Almost all of our continuing series are participating. We've got a lot of specials. We have some other one-off series coming as well, along with this one-off series. And we do have our upcoming annual War of the Worlds Week. That's the stuff we know we're doing. Who knows what is going to happen during the entire month of October. The best way to find out is to subscribe to this feed that you found this episode in and stay tuned for more. If you forget to subscribe, everything that we do, including the past 10 years of Halloween celebrations, can be found at neozaz.com, along with all the other work we do throughout the rest of the year as well. And we do have a small social media presence. I'll, I'll give it an order of where it gets most attention from us. So we're at Neozaz on Twitter, at Neozaz on Instagram, and Neozaz Podcast on Facebook. So you can check those out too, if you wish. And I think that is it. Except, of course, I have to say... Thank you for listening. I'll be back with another Matt's Crummy Halloween Comics Collection episode for this Halloween season very soon. But until then, I'll say again, thank you for listening, and I'll see you in that next episode. Mm-hmm.